we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like for you to go with me to 1 Corinthians this evening, chapter number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse 23. This evening we're coming to the Lord's table. In 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23, the Apostle Paul writes, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. We also note this evening Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26, Matthew 26 and verse 26. You may hold your place there in 1 Corinthians 11. We'll come back here. But in Matthew 26 and verse 26, the Bible said, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives." I'd like to read Acts chapter 2 for you in verse 41 and 42. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your provision for our salvation, the gift of 
eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose body was broken for us, whose blood was shed for us. We're thankful that we have a place at the table, that we've been made to be partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, as we've come together this evening, that you would help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Speak to us through your word, we pray. Help us to respond in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord's Supper is something that was instituted in Matthew 26. We have the record of it by the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that as the church began to grow after it was empowered at Pentecost, that there were many who heard the message of the gospel and gladly received the word. They became believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Afterwards, they followed the Lord Jesus in believers' baptism. There are two church ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Both of those ordinances speak of the death of Christ. Baptism united them together. The Bible said the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The fact that they professed Christ and the fact that they followed Christ and were obedient to him in believers' baptism constituted the fact that they were added unto the company of the believers. They became what we would refer to as members of the church, members of the body. And that day there were about 3,000 that were added to the church. That's why here at Tabernacle, we do not separate baptism from church membership. In verse 42, the Bible says, and they, that is those company of the believers, those who were a part of the local church in Jerusalem, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that's the body of teaching of the apostles, and fellowship, they continued meeting together, and in breaking of bread observing the Lord's Supper, and in prayers. This was the practice of the early New Testament church. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from where we began this evening, the Apostle Paul addressed the Corinthian church because of uh, the fact that they had uh, misused uh, the, and misunderstood the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. We know that the Corinthian church was defined as a bit chaotic, and that may be an understatement, and we see that chaos referred to here in these verses. And Paul told them, let everything be done decently and in order, and as a church family, we strive to do things decently and in order. And he spoke to them about the fact that they were observing the Lord's Supper unworthily. It doesn't mean that they were not as believers unworthy to participate. It means that the manner of which they participated was an unworthy manner. None of us are worthy in of ourselves. We are only made worthy through the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved because of his righteousness. Our iniquity, as we learned this morning, was laid on him. 
his righteousness, the moment that we received him as Savior, has been imputed. That's another accounting term. It has been imputed to us, imputed to our account. And so when God reviews the records of our lives, he sees us as he sees his son in righteousness. We thank God for that. That's what qualifies us for the supper. The fact that we know the Lord Jesus and the fact that we have been obedient to him in believer's baptism. And so as a church family, we come together tonight and we learn from the admonition of Paul concerning the Lord's Supper. And as we consider these truths, my, my desire, my heart's prayer for you and for myself is that we would hear what God has to say to us and then as we participate in this supper in just a few minutes, that we would uh, reflect upon what we're learning and that we would respond to what we're learning. Now, if you've been in church any length of time, I'm not going to say anything new to you. There are a number of folks who have come to our church recently. We're grateful for each and every one of you. And perhaps you've not heard this message before. And we pray that God will use it in your hearts. I want to give you just two thoughts tonight. And first of all, this one, the Lord's Supper was ordained by the Lord. The Lord's Supper was ordained by the Lord. I want you to notice in verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which I also I delivered. We're back in 1 Corinthians 11. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it. In remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. This is an ordinance, and the purpose of this ordinance is to cause us to remember, to reflect, and to show, to demonstrate, to speak of, to remind ourselves of the Lord's death. Speaking of this ordinance, Spurgeon said, here it deserves our notice what kind of command this is. It is a sovereign and supreme command. It is a positive and express command. It is a permanent and lasting command. It is the command of a Savior, yea, of a dying Savior. It is a command of love. It is such a command as, if we duly observed, will be blessed means to enable us to observe all the commands of God better. What is Spurgeon saying to us? He's saying to us that if we are obedient to God in this command, it will enable us and further us along the path of obedience to all of his commands. So we understand the significance of this. This is not something that we just decide to do. This is something that the Lord has commanded that we do. And so I'm grateful that you have come this evening to obey the Lord. Now, as we come to the Lord's table, we find in these verses that this table has certain characteristics, and there are certain characteristics that we bring to the table. First of all here, as we think about this ordinance, we note that the Lord's table is a table of truth. 
It's a table of truth. Again, in verse 23, the apostle says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Paul said, This came from the Lord. And we know that God's word is true. His commandments are true. He says in verse 24, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Again, in verse 25, in the closing part of the 25th verse, he said, this do ye, speaking of the cup, this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. It is a table of truth. The table contains the bread and the cup. The bread, the unleavened bread, served as a type of the impeccable, sinless nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we see this unleavened bread, we see that it is broken for us. We understand that Christ died for us. And what made his sacrifice sufficient was his sinlessness. He became a man without ceasing to be God. And though he was born of a woman, he had no sin nature. He was triumphant over sin. Satan tempted him, but Jesus Christ overcame him by the word of God. And so it is a testimony or a table rather of truth of the bread, the broken body of Christ and the cup, a symbol or a picture of the blood that was shed for our redemption. And we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that. It's a table of truth, a table of truth that tells us there is only one way to God, and that is through the sacrifice of his son. Secondly, it is a table of thanksgiving. As we come tonight, we should come with thankful hearts. In just a moment, we'll have a time of prayer before we receive this supper. And one of the things that we should do in that prayer is begin with thanksgiving to God. Look in verse 24. And when he, that is the Lord Jesus, had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. We are to come to the Lord's table tonight thankful. Thankful for the provision of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thankful that we who had no hope, we were without God, we were strangers and alienated from God, that we now are made citizens, fellow citizens, heirs, joint heirs. We're of the household of God. We have a home in heaven, an inheritance that fadeth not away, incorruptible in the heavens. Praise be unto God. It should be a table of thanksgiving. Are your sins forgiven tonight? Are you on the way to heaven? then let's give the Lord Jesus thanks. It is also a table of testimony. In verse number 26, the Bible said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. This is an opportunity for us to be reminded and to remember and to reflect upon the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, what it cost him to provide our salvation. Our salvation is free, and if we're not careful, we'll become forgetful. We will begin to lose the wonder of it all. 
we will begin to, to drift away from Christ. But when we're reminded of the awful suffering and agony of the cross, when we're reminded that our iniquity, our transgressions were laid on him, when we're reminded of this, the fact that uh, God the Father forsook his son in that moment as he hung on the cross as the sin bearer because he could have no fellowship with him. He who had enjoyed fellowship with the Father from eternity past, in that moment, because of our sin, his fellowship with the Father was broken. Therefore, he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And so we remember tonight, we reflect upon the fact that Jesus died for our sins, the awful, dreadful physical suffering that he endured, and also uh, the great difficulty that he endured when he drank the cup of our sin. So we learned this evening that the Lord's Supper was ordained by the Lord. Then we see, secondly, that the Lord's Supper is to be observed by believers. The Lord's Supper is to be observed by believers. He ordained it. We are to observe it. Verse 27, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home that ye come not together into condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. The Corinthian church would come together for what was called a love feast. The people of the church would bring food, and they would have a meal together. Uh, we, we continue that practice today, at least on the fifth Sunday of the month. We will have our fellowship Sundays. We'll have one of those on April 30th when we celebrate the anniversary of our church. And we'll have a meal together after the service. Well, they were confusing and mixing the Lord's table, a sacred table, with that table. And there were people who were bringing extravagant meals because they had means. And there were others who did not have means. And those with wealth would congregate together and they would only share their food with their friends. And those who had no provisions, whatever meager provisions they could bring, uh, they would have to uh, feed or eat uh, together uh, with their meager provisions. Paul reproved them for this. And uh, they turned the Lord's Supper into a meal. And that's not what it is designed to do. It is designed to be a ceremony, a solemn ceremony, a sober ceremony of remembrance. And that's why when we pass uh, the bread and the cup in just a few moments, we'll do it quietly and we'll have uh, some measure of ceremony uh, to accompany that. That is to help us to promote an atmosphere of reverence and order. Uh, 
So when he speaks of unworthily here, he is describing the manner in which they observed the supper, not the character necessarily of those who observed it. As I mentioned earlier, none of us are worthy. Our worthiness comes through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. So we find some things here that help us to know how we ought to receive the Lord's Supper, how we ought to observe it. I'll give them to you. First of all, we are to receive the Lord's Supper orderly, orderly. Let all things be done decently and in order. So there is to be a pattern to follow. It is not to be chaotic. It is, it is not to be noisy. The best thing that we can do as we receive the Lord's Supper is to be quiet and reflect upon the sacrifice that Christ has made and to reflect upon our own lives. It is to be received humbly. We come to this table with no provision of our own. In fact, these provisions are not appetizing provisions. There's not enough here to satisfy anyone's physical hunger. And we think of the simplicity of Christ and his provision for us, but a powerful provision, was it not? And uh, therefore, we have nothing that we can bring, nothing to offer. We have no part in our own salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. I'm grateful that the Spirit of God uh, brought conviction to my heart. I'm grateful that the Word of God was used to proclaim his truth and draw me to himself. Jesus said, no man can come unto me except the Father draw him. I'm glad and thankful for the drawing power of the Father. So we come orderly, we come humbly, we come thankfully, as we mentioned already in verse 24, and then we come reverently. We come reverently. We come in reverence to God. We come with a spirit of self-examination in our reverence. Look at verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. As we receive this supper... In preparation for it, we should examine our own lives. Where are we in our walk with Jesus Christ? Are we growing in the Lord? Are we experiencing victory over those besetting sins and habits and weights that, that seem to, to, to pull us down? Are we growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord in our Bible reading, our study and devotion? Are we growing in our service to Christ? None of us should be unemployed in the service of the Lord. All of us should be actively serving the Lord. And we serve the Lord through his church. So let's examine ourselves. Is there sin in our life that needs to be confessed? Well, the Lord's Supper provides us with an opportunity to examine our heart. And then as the Holy Spirit begins to reveal these truths to us and we come before the Lord's table into the presence of the resurrected Savior whose body was broken for us, whose blood was shed for us, who died, as we learned this morning, for our sanctification, then may we confess that to the Lord Jesus and find forgiveness for it. I'm grateful for that forgiveness. Verse 30 he said, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 
For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. The Lord Jesus chastens those who belong to him. He chastens the son that he loves. And I'm grateful for the chastening of God. As the Bible says in Hebrews, it's not at the present time. It doesn't seem to be joyous to us, does it? But nevertheless, by it, we know who we belong to. And we're learning here that if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And so may God help us tonight as we come in reverence with a spirit of self-examination and as we come in reverence with a spirit of respect for the price that Jesus paid for our sins, the cruel torture and humiliation that he suffered. And one thing I'd like to encourage all of you to do this week is read the gospel records of the trial and the condemnation and the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Read that reflectively. Consider the price that Christ paid to save you. Don't take that for granted. Thank God for it. Think of the spiritual anguish that he suffered when he cried, my God, my God. Why have you, why hast thou forsaken me? And so may the Lord help us. In one sense, though we come corporately, this supper is a private matter between the individual believer and the Lord himself. It is a time for us to reflect upon our relationship with the Lord Jesus and to resolve to serve him in the future. So as we come to the Lord's table, we come orderly, we come humbly, we come thankfully, we come reverently, and then we come corporately. The Bible says in Acts 20 and verse 27 that the disciples came together to break bread. The church is, the word for church is ecclesia, an assembly, a called out assembly. So therefore, the church is an assembly. And what does an assembly do? It assembles. And tonight we are assembled together. And tonight we come together to observe the Lord's table. In verse 33 of 1 Corinthians 11, Paul wrote this, Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. In other words, don't simply come and be concerned about yourself. And we know this, that this supper allows us, in a sense, to have our private reflections with Christ, but we are to consider one another. We're to tarry one for another. We're to be concerned about one another. 1 Corinthians 10, 17 tells us that we are partakers together of one bread and one body. We are united together as the body of Christ. And so may the Lord help us tonight as we come for this supper, as we commune with the Lord, and as we commune with one another. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, 
opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.